Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome from the war front, the Israel-Hamas war. They all got very serious because President Biden flew into Israel and they all want to present him in the most positive light they can imagine. All the sound bites they were using weren't the ones where he babbled and sounded questionable. You can find those on, say, the RNC Research Twitter account. You're not going to see them on television or radio. Obviously, for me, I'm listening to National Public Radio, and you just get those confident-sounding Biden saying, Hey, Israel, we've got your back. Well, the media doesn't have Israel's back. Um, we could see that yesterday, that, the, uh, that uh, hundreds of people died in Gaza near a hospital. And uh, as we could see this morning, you could go back and look at the headlines. Associated Press, Reuters, CNN, the so-called authoritative news leaders, the people who fight misinformation with fact checks, all jump to the conclusion, hundreds die in Gaza, Israel did it. And then within several hours, it became obvious that, well, maybe they did not do it. And then it became the U.S. government says Israel did not do it. Well, this is where I would like to think it should not be hard for American news agencies to not jump on the Hamas bandwagon and just say whatever Hamas tells them to do. This includes using the Hamas body counts. You know, these are these are their numbers. And this is what's kind of funny. It's like, you know, obviously they, they, this media wouldn't want to trust any statistics coming out of the Trump administration. But Hamas? Oh, well, the numbers are fine. I mean, we had one of these things where um, one of Netanyahu's aides was on with Jake Tapper, and he made this point that the Palestinian health ministry is basically Hamas. You're dealing with a terrorist group's statistics. And they treat them like they're objective. They're basically the Gazan Centers for Disease Control or something. Tapper's told this, but he's still going to turn around in a bombing like this and say, well, we have no reason to doubt what we're hearing. Uh, Actually, you do. This is the problem we've seen in the news media. And, And one of the problems that we've especially hammered is their inability sometimes to use the T word. This is especially true of our state-run media, as we've pointed out. Canadian Broadcasting Corporation announced to their staff, do not refer to militant soldiers or anyone else as terrorists. The notion of terrorism remains heavily politicized. Yes, but as we've noted, the CBC was fine applying it to the Proud Boys in Canada uh, and other far-right groups in Canada. This is the whole problem. If they had that We're not using the T word, but no, they use it selectively and they choose not to use it with Hamas. The British Broadcasting Corporation, this one's a beaut, quote, terrorism is a loaded word which people use about an outfit they disapprove of morally. It's simply not the BBC's job to tell people who to support and who to condemn. Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? 
Does anyone believe the BBC never tilts and tells you who to support or who to, who to, who to find objectionable? This basically is Boris Johnson's a monster because he had drinks during COVID. And Hamas, we can't call them terrorists. Yeah, somehow the people who target and shoot entire families of Jews can't be the bad guys. That would be presumptuous. But you notice, terms like far right is okay. It is standard in our media to describe the current Netanyahu administration as far right, as if Hamas is somehow justified by all the political turmoil in Israel with the current government. And that, you know, the judiciary in Israel is basically trying to get Netanyahu prosecuted. Hmm, sounds like the United States. Then they kind of turned around and said, because Netanyahu's been in this much trouble, they've been distracted from national security. Look, our media hate Netanyahu just like they hate Trump. These men exist sort of outside the United Nations globalist consensus, which makes them, you know, rebels and outsiders and dislikable. They don't ten- generally call Netanyahu a terrorist. I mean, you can go on left-wing Twitter and they blame him for genocide. All those people who want to decolonize Israel. This is the thing that's upsetting, is that uh, the networks generally don't want to use the word terrorist, or a lot of times they'll use it as somebody said. Biden said they're terrorists. A Republican said they're terrorists. They don't generally like to use it. But they're willing to use it for Jim Jordan. So uh, on Tuesday night, I'm watching the NBC Nightly News with Mrs. Graham. And Ryan Nobles runs right up and says, oh, and now a clip from Pete Aguilar of California, Democrat, saying Jim Jordan is a terrorist. Jordan's candidacy is controversial. He voted to object to the 2020 election results. On the floor, Democrats attacked Jordan's record. Even leaders of his own party have called him a legislative terrorist. And instead of holding another round of voting tonight, Jordan decided to take a pause so he could reach out to those 20 holdouts with the hope of holding another vote as soon as tomorrow morning. Fact check? There's no fact check. They love clips like this. And it ran over and over on Tuesday night's MSNBC. As part of a softball question, Nancy Pelosi, she was all smiley because she knew she was going to get the interview she deserved. Joy Reid actually pulled out the CBS clip from 2021 of John Boehner singling out Jordan as a political terrorist. Then Joy repeats the T word and associates it with a government shutdown. See, this is basically the way they line it up. If you oppose the Democrats, you're probably a terrorist. Well, we, we know that if you oppose the Democrats, you seem to hate democracy. This is kind of the whole line as it goes. But uh, here's the way Reid unfurled it. Told them to. Let me yeah. play what uh, another former speaker, John Boehner, uh, had to say about Jim Jordan. Um, here he is. You call some of these members political terrorists. Oh, yeah. Jim Jordan, especially. My colleague from Ohio. I just never saw a guy who spent more time tearing things apart and never building anything, never putting anything together. 
Kevin McCarthy, uh, with the exact same majority uh, that you had, and you were able to be very effective as Speaker with that majority, he couldn't do anything. He couldn't accomplish a thing other than get himself ousted when he was Speaker. What would the House of Representatives look like with somebody who John Boehner has called a political terrorist in charge? What would happen? Are we going to have a government shutdown? Like, what happens? Now, it's a little fascinating that uh, it's CBS's John Dickerson that is asking Boehner, oh, please explain how Jim Jordan's a terrorist. When, as we've discussed before, John Dickerson was just on promoting the latest book by David Brooks on CBS News Sunday morning saying, some people diminish you and make you feel terrible. They stereotype you and label you. Those are not good people. But please tell us, is Jim Jordan a terrorist? Yes, please say yes. Then there's Chris Hayes mocking Jim Jordan as having no resume for the speaker job. He's talking to Brendan Buck, MSNBC Republican, and of course has to say, your former boss called him a legislative terrorist. And Brendan, you know, one thing that's so striking, again, when you take a step back is like, this guy has no resume, no CV for this role other than basically Donald Trump likes him, right? I mean, your former boss, John Bader, called him a legislative terrorist. This is not like, and this is, I don't even mean this in ideological terms. I just mean in institutional terms. This is not a guy that you would, under any other condition, be like, yes, that's the leader of our caucus. See, this is the thing, is that John Boehner is very upset that he got thrown out of the speaker's job. And so the people he figured did it, he's going to be bitter about it. But it's just, it's a whole new level to call Jim Jordan a terrorist. And the liberals love it because they can say, ah, I didn't do it. He did it. It's your own party. Pete Aguilar, people in his own party say he's a terrorist. It's like, woohoo, more fun. On Also on MSNBC, Crazy Larry O'Donnell ran a more generous clip of Pete Aguilar describing Jordan as a terrorist. We're talking about someone who has spent his entire career trying to hold our country back, putting our national security in danger, attempting government shutdown after government shutdown, wasting taxpayer dollars on baseless investigations with dead ends, authoring the very bill that would ban abortion nationwide without exceptions, and inciting violence on this chamber. Even leaders of his own party have called him a legislative terrorist. The January 6th committee's final report said, quote, Representative Jordan was a significant player in President Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. At least Larry O'Donnell also used the T word for Hamas. You know, a lot of times with these, you put in the T word and you get Jim Jordan and you get none of that for Hamas. So I guess... O'Donnell's fair and balanced. Well, actually, not, because not both groups are terrorists. Those hard-right Freedom Caucus people are not Hamas. Then today, Wednesday, on the Andrea Mitchell Show, as the speaker vote fizzled once again, Mitchell was on with Charlie Dent, another MSNBC Republican. She touted the appropriators in the House who won't vote for Jim Jordan as lions of the House. And then Democrat hack Alencia Johnson, who worked for the Elizabeth Warren presidential campaign and then the Biden campaign in 2020, brings the usual, there's a reason Boehner called him a legislative terrorist. They're really upset, uh, obviously, and, uh, and they're not going to be moved. 
Well, there's a reason that Boehner called him a legislative terrorist, and I think we see why people don't want to support him. Yeah, so Lancia Johnson also announces on her website that she worked on a Planned Parenthood campaign making black women proud of their abortions. Now, is this really the kind of group or the kind of resume where you get to denounce other people for being violent killers? Hmm. Planned Parenthood kills babies for a living? Amazing. Then there's the PBS NewsHour. They had a story on Jordan by congressional reporter Lisa Desjardins. She does not have a French accent. She may be from French Canada. I don't know. Uh, But her report offered Aguilar calling Jordan a terrorist and this chick from Massachusetts calling him an insurrectionist. But on the same show, PBS anchor Amna Nawaz, whose parents came from Pakistan, she could only call Islamic Jihad a, quote, militant group unquote. Then their PBS reporter said Israel had just killed the, quote, most high-profile militant in Hamas. You know, it's sort of fascinating when you look at this, uh, how the Democrats, how closely they put the words terrorist next to the idea that Jordan's for banning abortion. As if abortions are nonviolent. Abortions, mostly peaceful. Who's in favor of violence again? But see, they, don't, they think of violence uh, as justified, totally justified, within a woman's right. It's her autonomy, her bodily autonomy. Yes, and then, of course, Ilhan Omar is calling Jim Jordan a terrorist. <laughs> Something happened where a label was made, um, and the Max Nordog account was like, Ilhan Omar be like, Hamas aren't terrorists, but Jim Jordan is. She, of course, Omar is quoting John Boehner. I hope he's proud of himself. Yeah, there was some of this, too. I was listening to National Public Radio in the car. I may have mentioned this already. The 8 a.m. newscast this morning, you can hear it in podcast form as NPR News Now. They have the little five-minute dribs and drabs. It's a five-minute podcast. That sounds way too short. Anyway. The 8 a.m. newscast on NPR said uh, there's the war between Israel and the militant group Hamas. See, they like using the M word. Later in the same newscast on the uh, hospital bombing, they explained Israel blamed the armed Palestinian faction Islamic Jihad. The armed Palestinian faction. Can't use the T word. We've got to use more neutral unemotional words. Then the 9 a.m. newscast also used the words Hamas militants. They mentioned the Palestinian Health Ministry. That's Hamas. And of course, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad movement. And then back again to Hamas, the militant organization. So you really get the habit here at the top of the hour on state-run radio. They have the BBC, CBC spirit here. We're going to use the M word and not the T word. Now, I I noticed that also they had a report in the 9 a.m. hour on the Trump civil trial, and their reporter began with, the New York York Attorney General's office, blah-de-blah. No mention that the New York Attorney General is a Democrat who ran for office promising to get 
Trump. But NPR presents them as, you know, the the nonpartisan justice organization. It really is amazing, though, just how much they want to make Israel and Hamas like equally bad or equally good. Suddenly it's time to be neutral. Suddenly it's time to be somehow nonpartisan, disinterested. Now remember, in the last few years, we've got CNN host Christiana Monpour running around saying, we should be truthful, not neutral. Well, that doesn't apply when Amanpour comes to the Middle East. She was running on her CNN slash PBS show. Some report she did back in the Bush years, basically saying, asking some Hamas lady, oh, they call you a terrorist group. Imagine that. Yes, and then, of course, Lester Holt, the NBC anchor, announced that fairness is overrated because you can't be fair to people who deny climate change or think that the 2020 election was rigged. You know, you, you insert wherever you want there because they get very cocky and say there aren't two sides to things. So there aren't two sides to climate change. There aren't two sides to LGBTQ. You know, and they're going to keep elongating the list of things that you can't object or criticize. You can't criticize pornographic books for your kids. Fairness is overrated, don't you know? Suddenly in Israel, both sides is the formula. Let's ignore who started the war. Let's ignore which side's trying to avoid civilian casualties. While the other side are cowards who use civilians as human shields. This is what President Biden said on 60 Minutes. Hamas, they're cowards who use civilians as human shields. Everybody knows it, but the media coverage is like, oh no, let's not be too emotional. And then some coverage openly suggested the Hamas bloodshed was justified, at least to some. Fox News media reporter Joseph Wolfson noted this. On the same day as the attacks, the New York Times quickly shifted the victimhood with a story titled, Gaza has suffered under 16-year blockade. The story began, for some Gazans, Saturday morning's surprise Palestinian attack into southern Israel seemed a justified response to a 16-year Israeli blockade. See, we can be neutral and say, perhaps shooting up everybody at a music festival is a justified response to oppression. Wolfson makes the point, Israel withdrew its presence from Gaza in 2005, Hamas began controlling its government two years later, and ever since, they've been lobbying missiles at Israel. Then the Times further portrayed Israel as the aggressor in the current headline, Nowhere to hide in Gaza as Israeli onslaught continues. That's what we would call a Hamas-friendly headline. Now, we should say, like when I search for the word terrorist in our Snapstream in the closed captioning, there's, there are plenty of them occasions where they do refer to Hamas as terrorists. We're just going to highlight when people seem allergic to it. That's not to say it's always that way. It's just to say that this thing happens. We're also happy with Abby Phillip on CNN, who was pressing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on how Israel should respond to the massive slaughter of its citizens on October 7. 
Philip asked, what is Israel supposed to do about Hamas after they've murdered, brutalized, abducted over a thousand of their citizens? Are they supposed to do nothing? And AOC babbled some wacky talking points about how Israel's strategy was, quote, collective punishment and indiscriminate attack. See, it would seem, Miss AOC, that the Palestinian side is better at indiscriminate attack. One, they don't have any moral compass about who they attack. And two, their munitions are notoriously inaccurate. So I suppose that's a good thing. Uh, Brent Bozell was on Fox Business discussing this clip, and he said, I dare the squad to actually stand with Israel. Now, we all know they're not going to do that. But, you know, they're not really holding the Democrats accountable like they have a hard-left faction that doesn't love democracy because they love Hamas. Nobody's going to do that. Uh, So we have to settle for it. Thank you, Abby Phillip. If you're going to bring AOC on, make her look, you know, make her stumble, make her bumble, because she's going to do that if the question's half tough. Now, some other points we should mention. Did you hear this? MRC Free Speech America's exclusive censor track database has now documented 6,000 cases of censorship against those obnoxious right-wingers. Cases span a variety of important issues from legitimate criticism of President Biden and his radical climate agenda to concerns about COVID-19. Also issues like so-called transgenderism and abortion since 2020. MRC Free Speech America researchers have worked tirelessly to track down and record the censorship of these cases of deplatforming. And along with takedowns of those who've written to them and asked them to investigate cases of censorship. So that offer is always open. If somebody takes you down for a silly reason or demands you take some tweet down, Free Speech America would like to hear about it because as we know, They're not always so interested in free speech. And sometimes they have a really funny way of deciding what gets to remain on the platform, as we know. Trump had to go for years, but, you know, the president of Iran gets his account on Twitter. We should also note to you, remind you once again, there are MRC spring internships starting January 15th through April 12th. If you're available to learn how to be a part of the conservative media, the conservative movement, please visit mrc.org slash internships for more information. And, of course, you can always contact our Carrie Lancaster at C. Lancaster, just like the towns, at mrc.org. Clancaster at mrc.org and find out what we're up to. Our interns are often doing the same things we do. Our interns at Newsbusters are watching the same outrageous news, making the same videos, doing the same transcripts. It's a heck of a training uh, for learning what's wrong with the media. You know what else is? Reading Newsbusters will make you smarter about all the tricks and tactics that the media use and how they, they tend to be shameless and not really apologize when they make mistakes. Like Israel struck a hospital. Oops! So to keep track of what we're doing, you gotta come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.